amazing Kate Casey. Welcome back to another episode of Reality Life with Kate Casey. Hope that you guys have had a great week. Now, I know I've said it before, but when I was in college, I watched way too many episodes of A Wedding Story on TLC, and it convinced me at the time that I should get married. Well, the same could be said for America's Got Talent. The show has convinced my son he should be a magician and my daughter that she should be an international singer. And I could also partly blame Jojo Siwa videos on YouTube, but I can certainly blame America's Got Talent. So she asked me to get her singing lessons almost a year ago. Now, I think I've mentioned it before, but I hired a local singing, singing coach. And she swindled me into believing that the kids early into their singing lessons should perform at a spring recital. Well, she and her father have some sort of business together. She does the singing lessons and he does the piano lessons. So we show up at this nondescript building and it is a bunch of Chinese and European kids who, whose parents are basically dressed up in tuxedos and Louis Vuitton outfits. And they take this stuff really seriously, but they're all pianists. So it's like they're playing Bach. And then the lone singers are my two daughters who've barely taken singing lessons. So the younger one was singing the theme from Moana. And the older one sang Christina Aguilera's I'm a genie in a bottle. Okay. Also, all those other kids are super dressed up. And my husband and I have them in like clothes that they had just worn to the beach. So it was a little bit of a disaster. So my daughter still wanted to continue with the singing lessons, but I realized after months and months, because, you know, I'm not always standing at the door listening in on the singing lessons. I got stuff to do that. She never really taught them anything. She didn't teach them scales. She was singing flat and sharp for weeks and weeks at a time. And I kept asking her, is she teaching you anything? Like, are you learning to sing from your diaphragm? Like, listen, I know Jack squat about singing, but I at least know a couple things. And yeah, they were learning nothing. And now the woman's really upset that I'm not continuing with singing lessons. But I mean, come on, at this point, like, what, what do you to deliver, right? Also, a red flag was every time that she would come to the front door and I would be holding my baby, the baby would latch on to me like she had just seen a ghost. Like, don't even get me near this woman. So the net net is if you're going to watch America's Got Talent with your kids, just prepare yourself because they will convince themselves based on the talent on stage that they can also achieve supreme success in television just by watching them. Nevertheless, it is a huge, huge show on our house, and I was thrilled to talk to executive producers Sam Donnelly and Jason Raff about what goes inside the production of the show. How was the show created? What are the ins and outs of casting? Um, how it plays out on stage when they have contestants. So I was really excited to talk to them. The show airs Tuesdays at 8 on NBC. The judges are Simon Cowell, Julianne Huff, Gabrielle Union, and Howie Mandel. And it's undiscovered talent and it's performers of all ages, which is kind of nice because American Idol, you're only going to see to a certain age. But this show, you're going to see somebody from all walks of life. And it could be a singer, it could be a magician, it could be a comic, a ventriloquist, somebody playing spoons, you have no idea. And then if they win, they get a million dollar prize. So yeah, just I'm telling you, if you're watching it with your kids, just be ready for them to ask you to, you know, send them away to magician camp. I also asked Julie and Brandy, who are absolutely piss your pants funny, to review the season premiere of this summer's big hit, Big Brother, which airs on CBS all throughout the summer. So basically, it is a show about people being isolated while on camera. The show premiered the summer of 2000, which is so strange. It's been that long. It's hard to believe. So CBS debuted it in search of 10 house guests to live together for three months, completely cut off from the world. And the winner would win $50,000, which now I'm like, $50,000, really? To be, to have no job for three months and to never see your loved ones and have to wear the same outfits. I don't know, not enough money. But I watched the first season and I was captivated by one of the contestants. Her name was Jamie Kern, 
22 model. She had just come off her reign as Miss Washington USA the year prior to being on the show. And what I remember it distinctly was she won a challenge and she was offered the chance to have a two-minute conversation with a casting director or to have a conversation with her mother. And people went bonkers because she chose to have a conversation with a casting director. They're like, you haven't seen your mother in all this time. Why would you forfeit that to talk to somebody about your career? Well, now I look back at it a little differently. Like, she was a hustler. And let me explain to you what has happened to Jamie Kern. You've probably seen her on infomercials. She is now the CEO and founder of It Cosmetics. So it's the infomercial where she talks about how she had rosacea or like red red patchy skin. And it's this foundation that you smooth over your skin and it just with your finger. And then basically you don't have any, um, your skin looks even toned. It was before Kim Kardashian's new you know, body, body makeup line. So she's the CEO and founder of it. She sold this problem solving makeup line, which has 300 products to L'Oreal for $1.2 billion in cash in 2016. And according to Forbes, pocketed roughly $410 million and stayed CEO, making her the very first female CEO in L'Oreal's history. So yeah, sorry, I don't want to talk to my mom for two minutes. I do want to talk to a casting director because I've given up my life for three months so I could have some sort of career. As an aside though, when she did talk to the casting director, she totally blew the interview. They're like, so, you know, what do you envision for yourself? And she's like, I just want to do everything. So yeah, it wasn't a great moment. However, let's circle back to that casting director and say, yeah, What'd you think of uh, Miss Washington USA over here? Because uh, now she can buy and sell you left and right. So go back, watch season one Big Brother clips, and you will notice she's the same woman who is rocking your infomercials in the middle of the night. Kudos to you, Jamie Kern, $410 million. Well done. So this episode will have a great interview with Julian Brandy, who are super fans for Big Brother. And here we go with executive producers Sam Donnelly and Jason Raff from America's Got Talent. Okay, I'm obsessed with Audible because it lets you enjoy all of your audio entertainment in one app. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog, including the latest bestsellers and new releases. And with female writers and heroines, celebrity narration, multicast productions, Audible has you covered for every type of excitement that you're looking for, including true crime and mystery. And I know all of you love that too. For example, right now I'm listening to None of This is True by Lisa Jewell. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash reality life or text reality life to 500, 500. That's audible.com slash reality life or text reality life to 500, 500. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Hi there. So we're here we are at season 14, which is, I'm sure, very surprising to you that it's been 14 seasons. Does it feel like it's flown by? Well, well I, I've, been, I've actually been here for all 14, so, um, and it kind of does. Like, I remember when the show was first kind of pitched, and I, frankly, I thought it would, we'd be lucky if it lasted just one summer, but <laughs> it turned out to quite well, and now we're on season 14. So tell me a little bit about how the show is developed, because you really have been able to discover performers of all ages and surprisingly of all different talents, like singers, dancers, magicians, comics, musicians, ventriloquists. It's really quite incredible. So how was the show developed? Jason, that's one for you. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it was. I think that was the idea. Is there was not a show that was open to any age and any talent before, and uh, and Simon Cowell had this idea of wanting to have a show that uh, had no rules whatsoever, and that's how it was born. There were singing competitions. Obviously, Idol was on, but this was the first show that was basically a free for all, and uh, it's just evolved over the years to just present talent of all kinds so in the beginning you have a set of judges now i'm sure it's really hard there's so many people that want to be judges how hard was it 
that first season to find the right group of judges to judge the show? I think it's always hard to try to explain something when there's no show that exists. So you're trying to explain to, uh, you know, a potential judge what the show is. There's no rules. You could see anything, any age. Uh, ultimately, Simon uh, was kind of crucial at bringing the panel together, um, which was, I mean, people don't believe me when I tell them like Regis was the host for season one, and we had we had Brandy and uh, what. Brandy David uh-huh. and, and Piers Morgan. Oh, with the Hoff, right. Sorry, of course. Yeah, the Hoff. So people don't even remember the Regis days. I know. And and Hoff, like, what was he like as a judge behind the scenes? Well, we both got to work with him, right, Sam? I got to work with him in the U.S. <laughs> and in the meantime, Sam, I he left the U.S. and he ended up going <laughs> to you, right? I got, I got him for one season in the U.K., yeah. Well, Simon was out. It was, it was the season that Simon came to America to do the X Factor. And so he wasn't on the panel of BGT for the audition. So I inherited the Hoff for that season. And is it true that people in Europe love him? I feel like people say that in Europe he's beloved. Is that yeah, true? Yeah, they love him. They love him. Who and there's that, there's that the thing. I don't, <laughs> exactly. Well, there's also that thing that he's like one of the biggest, I don't know whether this is true, but this is definitely the story, is that he's one of the biggest selling music artists in Germany. I don't know. I think it's because he did the concert when the Berlin Wall came down, but he's definitely very loved in, in, in Europe for sure. Nuts. Okay. Well, tell me about this season, the judges. How were you able to bring them all together? Hmm. In what way? I mean, I mean, in what way they bring them all together? <laughs> like, well, like Julie, J- Julianne Huff's great because she's so talented. She's been on other shows. So she kind of understands how the process goes. But I feel the like process, yes. y- you really need somebody who is equal parts um, helpful and equal parts sentimental. Like there's nothing better than seeing a judge who cries after a performance, but they can also give constructive criticism in an uplifting way. So how hard is it to find a judge that can do that? And how hard is it to convince someone who may have been known for just one area, like Gabrielle Union, we know as an actress, but to convince her to judge people who have a totally different talent than they do? Well, I think there's a couple of things. Like you, I think to be a good judge you ha- on our show, you have to know you have to know talent, but you also there's some things that people are judging that nobody is an expert on. You know, we had a woman who did an act with a rat. Like there's nobody on on the planet that is an expert in in, in rat performers. So a bit of that kind of plays into whether you know what you find entertaining, what your sense of humor is, how you see the overall picture of the show. So I think what really counts as a judge is have is being real and being present in the moment and just kind of like going along with the fun of it as well. So I think that it's it's about the chemistry and it's about the personality and it's about fitting in with the existing judges and having an understanding of the show and a love for people. And I think that's also something that Terry does really well. Like Terry has this incredible passion for people and he's really interested in them. And if you watch the show closely, you'll see that there's almost no contestant that comes off that he doesn't give a big hug to. And, you know, that's a tough job when you're seeing 300 people, not all of who have had a great audition. Yeah, I agree with you. He's an incredibly likable person. And I think that his life experiences probably lend a lot to that. So I totally agree with you. What Walk me through the audition process. In terms of what we see on screen, how the, how the auditions break down in terms of the production or... A little bit of both. So it's if very you're... Long, very long days. Yeah. Very, very long day. <laughs> I'm assuming that you are auditioning throughout the year. You have cities that people can go to, but yeah. like, there, I'm sure that you have a Correct. team of people that are looking for talent all year long. So wh- how difficult is it to find the right contestants? It's, I mean, it's really difficult and it's also the best part of the show in many ways for me. Uh, it, and, and I think I'm not going to speak for you, Jason, but I know that we, we J- Jason and I both go out on the road for a lot of the year. So we travel around to all the cities where we audition, have open calls. We're part of all of that. And that's because we, we also really love to meet the people because a lot of times it's not just the talent. In fact, I think 
this is one of the main things. It's not just the talent, it's the personality as well. It's whether the person's likable, whether they're, they're, they're interesting, whether you find them compelling and charismatic. There's more to it than just having a great talent or a wacky talent or, or whatever it might be. Um, and so, so that's a big part of the show and we travel around all year. And then once we've gathered these people together uh, through all sorts of means, auditions, video auditions, you know, reaching out to people, people coming, turning up, finding people on Third Street Promenade, you know, any way you can find talent, we like that's what we do to find it. And then we get to the actual tape days. And like Jason, <laughs> explain the tape days. They're insane. Well, yes. I mean, our job as producers is literally to just scour the country and the world, just finding acts that we think our judges are going to have a reaction to. Um, don't know if they'll love them, don't know if they'll hate them, but we know that they'll be interesting and hopefully, you know, entertaining and, and ultimately good TV. Uh, so we assemble these, this cast of characters over, uh, you know, over a month in Pasadena where the judges, uh, you know, have these 12 hour days of just watching act after act after act. And I always think, and, and it's to a, a live audience that's there also, which, I always wonder what that audience, I mean, it's a pretty, they're there for four hours. It's a long four hours, but it is amazing in that these, the audience doesn't know what they're going to see next. You'll see again, a woman with a rat, then a giant choir and this and that. So I think for them, it's entertaining for the judges day after day. We see a series of good moods and bad moods and we get a good run of, of great acts. And sometimes there's a run of bad acts and what's Simon's mood like? And there's a whole ebb and flow of those days that we hopefully (laughs) capture uh, on the TV screen. And also, I feel like being a judge can give people a totally different impression of someone. For example, Howard Stern has this whole new audience because of being on the show. Has that been a surprising part Mm -hmm. of the job to see that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I for sure. I mean, what is so broad? It's such a broad audience, and I think that the I think that the judges and Terry and anyone involved on screen on the show suddenly are aware that you know perhaps they had one kind of lane, or, or you know, albeit a very broad one, and all of a sudden there's all sorts of people. And Howard would always tell this story to us about how you know people used to keep their kids away from him when they saw him in restaurants and and then they would like after he'd been on AGT they would let their kids you know they would push their kids towards him go and see Howard and you know you know that nice man from AGT rather than the guy from the radio previously oh absolutely I think we see that with Terry too who's been you know he did the champions with us that was his first uh experience with the show and and I mean the guy's been all over the place he's been a pro football player he's on a, a comedy show but he said Nothing has been the reaction that he's gotten from being an IGT. And I think it's because what you said in the very beginning, we're a family show. We're watched by a broad audience of all ages. I like to watch with my kids. You said you like to watch with your kids. So people who don't know our judges from Dancing with the Stars or the comedy world, they they know who they are from AGT. And I think they do become quite popular. So I'm watching the show and I always wondered, how much do the judges know about the contestant before they walk on stage? In other words, do they have any inkling that the person about to perform is perhaps one of the, you know, production's favorites or they've been one of the most successful? Nothing. Nothing. They know nothing. We 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 are we are so ha- we are so proud of the fact that they know nothing when those people walk on the stage. The only thing we might do is if there's a very important thing that we want the contestant to talk about is we might say to the judge possibly, you know, it might be worth you asking about a brother or you know ask if they're with any family members here, for example. There's something very generic that the judge might put into there, but really, honestly, nothing. Yeah, or if they're nervous, we might say, oh, this act is really nervous backstage or something. But it's better that, like our audience, the best part of our show is a surprise. You don't know who's going to come on next. And and it's the same, you want the judges just to naturally react to what's put in front of them. So, for an example, I was watching Tyler Butler Figueroa's piece, which, of course, I cried my face off. The the video montage where you kind of get hit more of his backstory, Does that is that done before he performs on stage or is that sort of post-production before so what we do is we have a good we have a we have you know obviously we on the production know everything about the people that are coming on stage and so we make sure that that we when we interview them 
either the day of the audition or the day before that we cover off all their main story beats and, and but but no but that's that's done beforehand and then the you know the audition is almost separate to that it's like two things running the, in tandem that don't really the come together don't get to see that. yeah yeah, no, the judges are often no. surprised, right, Sam? Like sometimes they'll watch the show <laughs> and didn't realize that that was their golden buzzer story or that they yeah. they only know what happens on stage. They get to ask them some questions and this and that. A lot of times they do not know. They never get fully into the story of the act sometimes. So they might hit the headlines and it, in the when they talk to them, but go ahead, Sam. Oh, no, I was going to say, sometimes when we watch with Simon, when we watch the cuts, it's always really, it's like a really lovely part of our sh- of our job to watch with him when he's really surprised about something. And he either really, I mean, generally really likes it or if he doesn't like it so much, it's still good fun to like see him seeing it for the first time. How, how important is it that the contestant comes with a guest? Does that help propel them to the front of the line if they have, you know, relatives with them? If somebody comes up, comes on by themselves, is it harder for them to get noticed? No, I don't think so. No. No. I, I mean we so. we don't even allow relatives and when we when we travel around the country, which we're you know do right we start doing in October, um we the relatives usually are they're not in the room. We just we just uh, uh audition them, you know, just as single people. So it doesn't really have any bearing at all. So tell me about this season. I wanted to ask you about two of the contestants. One I already mentioned. Um, Tyler Butler Figueroa had leukemia. He's in remission. Plays the violin beautifully. What a story. When he finished his performance and Simon asked him, how do you feel? And he said, I'm really proud of myself. I absolutely lost my mind crying. What was that (laughs) like to see that play on stage? Well, I mean, all of these, every time you put a contestant up there, you know, we built a relationship with them ourselves. And, you know, you're really rooting them on, especially a kid like Tyler. You know, you want him to have the success. You want him to, like, have that moment. And so it's, it's you know, we feel very, uh, we feel very connected with the contestants, all of them. And so, and so to see that, for me, it's a really great moment. And we're often crying at the side as well. I mean, honestly, me more than Jason, but I'm a bit pathetic at the side, like in tears half the time. <laughs> <laughs> but we never we also don't never know how it goes. We don't know when the good judges are going to nice. press their golden buzzer. So I, I think there have been acts that we had such high hopes for that we, you know, we love a great story and just it didn't work on stage for some reason or another. And there are acts that that uh, that do just kind of it just works and it just but yes, there are many times when, when the entire audience is, is crying, including us, us, us heartless yeah. Los, uh, Los Angeles TV producers, um, because it is a story about amazing talent and people, and there is nothing like that golden buzzer, I will tell you. There's nothing like that feeling sitting in that theater where you know, a judge hits that thing and confetti's going everywhere and kids are jumping up and down or the acts jumping up and down and crying. It is an amazing thing to witness in person. So when Ansley Burns had the bad track, was that her track that she brought? Is that what happened? Yeah, that's that, that's that's their track. I mean, we we um, you know we try and help all the contestants as much as possible. But you, you know, these people are coming with songs that they know and love, with tracks that they perhaps practice with endlessly, and so that you know that happens, that plays out in real time. That and and also I think what we're really keen to do is to show things as they genuinely happen as much as we possibly can because you know there is an editing process but also you know that happened and that was her story and that was her audition and ultimately she she showed a great deal of like super strong character by going through that and winning the audience over and winning the judges over and you know it also showed that the, the, the rigor of the auditions is we do have really good singers and we do have judges that demand a really high standard so I think that that was a really accurate representation of what happened with Ansley there but but you know people come and they have to either succeed or or, or fail according to their own you know plan for audition and they are audi- yeah and they are auditions I mean there's not yeah. there's no rehearsal they don't get to go on stage for hours before and get to rehearse it these are true auditions the only difference is <laughs> there are 4,000 people in the audience watching them and uh in the in the theater and they're being taped for broadcast, but they are treated very much like auditions where Simon will stop a song or uh, if you don't think that's right. So um, 
people might think we, you know, that all oh, these acts, they've been rehearsing this on stage and it's all, it's, it, they're very raw. My last question is for you both, what ha- who has been the most memorable contestant for you both? Oh, God. There are so, honestly, there are so many. I mean, I do, I, I would say for me, Cody is one of the most, you know, and he is current of this season, but for me, Cody Lee is very, very extra special. Yeah, I mean, that is something that we're very proud of. If I have to pick someone else, I guess I'll go the other way. We were just talking about, Sam and I were just talking about this today as we were planning a champion (laughs) show, but I was thinking of, uh, we had an act in the very first season called Bobby Badfingers, who's (laughs) just danced around and snapped his fingers to music, basically. And it was the very first act the judges saw. I mean, first time ever producing a show like this for me. And... I immediately realized what this show was, which is just insane. And you'll never see anything like this ever in your life. Yeah. A guy coming on, snapping to music, dancing around, and we were putting it on national TV. Well, you absolutely have to do that. If that was the first contestant, I mean, that's so full, full circle. You have to do that. Absolutely. Right. And then yeah. we always, I mean, listen, we travel around. We have seen tens and tens of thousands of auditions, yeah. and there's nothing... There's nothing better than when we're like wherever in Memphis and either someone comes into our audition room and either does something you've never seen before, which is such a rarity, but it happens. Yeah. You're like, Sam, have you ever seen that? No. Uh, Or or someone comes in like, you know, like, uh, like, uh, like Grace Vanderwall. I remember we were in New York. It was a huge long day and Grace Vanderwall comes in and she starts singing and Sam and I just look at each other and, you know, we got goosebumps because we know that, you know, her it life is about away. to change just from after waiting in line for seven hours. Uh, her life is about to change. So it is the best job ever. Well, tell everybody where they can watch the show. NBC. Well, is there any other network? NBC, <laughs> 8 o'clock on Tuesdays and soon to be Tuesdays and Wednesdays when we hit the, uh, the live shows come uh, August. And then forget about watching it. You can watch it. You can also be on it. So you can go um, sign up to audition on agtauditions.com and come meet, come meet Sam and I. Thank you so much for producing such a great show. I really appreciate all the hard work your team does. And my family and I will be watching every week. Well, That's thank you. Keep watching. I know everybody right now is on a health kick, and that's why I want to tell you about Row Body Program. Row provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes, so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Row to help them lose weight. It could be you too. Row Body Program members have support throughout the process. Row's partner handles all of the insurance paperwork to help get medication covered. If eligible for medication, patients have access to the provider on demand for any questions. And you can sign up online from the comfort of your own home. And this means no scheduling a doctor's appointment, no commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. Average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to row.com slash KKC. Sign up today and you're going to pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash KKC. With four daughters and two on a dance team, I can tell you we go through a lot of mascara in my house, but I'm crazy about L'Oreal Paris new Panorama Mascara, which catches every lash for corner to corner for maximum volume. If you're looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank, this is yours. The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. I've been using it for about two weeks now, and I feel like my eye has completely opened up and the girls are crazy about it too. They've got a tapered brush to catch every lash, one of the best mascara wands that I've ever used. And like I said, this luxe appearance of this gold package you got to get it. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. L'Oreal Paris New Panorama Mascara. You're going to love it. Everyone's favorite summer show about 16 strangers filmed in isolation on a CBS lot for three months returns this summer. It's the 21st season of Big Brother. It premiered this week. Julie and Brandy are huge Big Brother fans. You know them from the people's couch. They are hilarious together, and they have an absolutely fantastic podcast called Dumb Gay Politics. 
And I'm really eager to hear what you think about this season because you guys go so deep that you will watch the live feeds, correct? That is correct. We absolutely watch the live feeds. We got into Big Brother late. Um, through our <laughs> through our podcast, people recommended to do it as a summer lifestyle. We don't watch any Bravo when we're not on Bravo. Um, we follow the that sort of like, I think we got it from Leah Black, but I don't know that like she just didn't bother with Bravo after she wasn't on it. So we're like, we're going to, we're going to quit Bravo too. But then we went into a depression and we didn't have anything to watch. We never watched the bachelor. Nope. Um, we didn't ever watch survivor. We watched amazing race because of you, Kate. And then we also watched it a little on people's couch. So now we're fully into amazing race. <laughs> we're like CBS tools now. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so here we are at the 21st season. Julie Chen Moonves has walked out in a summer dress, and she has introduced us to 16 new cast members. Let's not gloss over what Julie Chen was wearing. She was wearing a powder pink maternity (laughs) short dress uh, or a powder pink um, toddler's quinceanera dress. And... um, you know, part of the whole thing is watching Julie Chen, what she wears, what her hands are doing, what bracelets she has on, what her hair is doing, what shoes she's wearing, and how she walks. I also find it odd in the opening. I always feel like she's almost filming for a video album cover. Yes, she turns as if it's like where almost like when you see, you know, when someone's like, anyway, oh, hi, I didn't know you were there. <laughs> we, when we first watched it for People's Couch. We were like, why is she giving you a Dateline journalism vibe for this, like, garbage show? But now we're so addicted to the weirdness of that. And we've gone back to old episodes, Kate. If you've never dipped in, I mean, you don't even have the time, I'm sure. But we recently watched, whatever, 2007 or 8 when Evil Dick was on. Julie Chen is so thin and she's so tan. Like, the level of the mystic tan she's rocking. She looks like a different, she looks like a teenage Julie Chen. Yeah. Before the premiere last night, did you take a look at the pictures of the contestants? I look at some BB crap on Twitter. And so I was kind of just wanting to know, because they, there's rumors that there's like four vets. I don't know if that's an MTV term or if they use that for Big Brother, but like four old, you know, stars that they were bringing back that then Twitter was going to vote on two of them to immediately leave. So I was kind of like dipping into like who those people were going to be was, you know, was it going to be Haley from last season was Frankie Grande, whatever it was so far on this first episode, none of the old vets have come back. So we had not looked at the newbies, but one thing we did see um, kind of consistently was that, and I guess big brother super fans hate this, they did a lot of recruiting supposedly for the season, meaning they hung out in front of like Outback Steakhouse or like Saddle Ranch and got thirst buckets who did not watch Big Brother to come on mixed with people who know the game so that they could have, you know, people who, speaking of green, who have no idea what's going on. Right. There's also uh, a fun, not a couple, but two people who know each other from their personal lives. Okay. So we didn't know. We didn't know about, we didn't look at their pictures because if we did, we'd never watch the show, Kate. They're so annoying, all of them, every season. So let's go through some of the people. Okay. Jackson's from Nashville. He's not a redneck, despite the fact that he was shooting guns and calling himself a mama's boy. I think Jackson definitely thinks he's super hot. And I understand he's got like a good body. He looks like Neil Patrick Harris and Anne Murray. I think like there's something about his ladylike smile and mm-hmm. teeth and mouth and rectangle head. And I don't know what it is. He looks really womanly in the face. I despise a cowboy with all due to any cowboys that listen to your show. Um, <laughs> there's, I grew up, you know, my senior year on in Texas and that's way too late to go from like cholos to cowboy. I just was not feeling the, the vibe. So, and they always do it on big brother. They had a metrosexual cowboy, which yeah. you're gay. Yeah. If you even call yourself metrosexual, you're yeah. gay. Yeah. Cause guys and yeah. gay guys don't even use it. Also, he's already so insufferable. <laughs> mm-hmm. He, uh, he speaks in, um, 
like, uh, well, the horse is big, so let's get on it and ride. Let's go. Or like slogans. Yeah, like slogans. Like the plane's in the air and we got to shoot it down. Let's get this moving. <laughs> we got to go. Like I put my pants on and I'm walking with my legs. Someone's got to do it. Like he's at one point he said, we're going to pump some iron. And I was like, yeah. I don't think anyone says that. Yeah. Like, let's go pump some iron, bro. What? Pump some iron with my new not gay boyfriend. I'm going to. Ooh, yeah. He, ugh. He's not our he's not our taste. Yeah. But we understand that women watch and they want to have like heartthrobs. I do think Big Brother needs to do better. And I do feel like Cody, the Cody years, anybody watches Big Brother that was Frankie Grande season. And then his cousin, brother, who knows, Polly also oh, yeah. came on. Those guys are more my speed as far as like cuteness. This type, this type of Jackson is, um, he's not our taste, but you know, we're going to enjoy. He's definitely the kind of guy. This is Julie speaking. Velez. He'll keep you gay. He'll keep you gay. He'll keep you gay. There's a, I mean, there's not many men who won't, but he's one that will definitely keep you right in there. Okay, then there's Nicole, special needs preschool teacher from Long Island. She's a self-proclaimed awkward girl. She's single and not ready to mingle. And she'll turn you straight. Like there's a, you know. First of all, she's wearing a Britney Spears plastic, very skin tight choker from at least 2003. It looks like it's made out of safety pins. I mean, <laughs> like, honestly, Kate, your kids probably wear those. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like they're for little kids. They sell them at Claire's. She's wearing that. I'm like, did one of your special needs students dress you? I mean, seriously, like she's, she's the Christine also from the Frankie Grande yeah. season. They, they love a, a, a dork, but undercover slut. They love that move. Right. We know the girl's a freak in the sheets. We know she can't wait to like bone down with three of the guys. Yeah. She's going to be rubbing heads and sitting oh, yeah. on laps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think she's probably attractive. I think she looks like Kristen Stewart under all her tragic fashion. I think she's kind of like, I think she's pretty. I sometimes like that kind of look, but she's trying hard to fill this role. And I don't, yeah. I'm not feeling you a lot. Can tell, you can tell when like, when they well, they split up and like all the girls are together and the girls like girl power this time a girl's gonna win girl time right girls have your back have your back girls and there's one girl who's sitting with the guy that got the guys it was her yeah mm -hmm. just like christine just like yeah. christine all right T tommy's a dancer on broadway that's a shocker he's currently in pretty woman he's from staten island he's got a thick accent he loves to do jazz hands what do you think he of loves Tommy? he loves to do jazz hands tiny Tommy. tiny jazz hands He's like the type of gay that says like, I shit glitter, which is a th thing. And that's kind of insufferable. Yeah. Um, he's the one Julie mentioned that has a pre existing relationship and condition with someone in the house. So right. they're going to play that off again. It's a, it's pretty much a, a, an exact match of the Frankie Grande season, yeah. which was 2014. So that's why we keep mentioning it. I think they skip, they'll do 2014, 2019, yeah. then they'll do 2015, 2020. Right. So he's yeah. the Frankie Grande that no one needed back. Frankie Grande is the only one who can do Frankie. Anyone needs doing Frankie Grande. It's just like over dramatic, constantly like gasping. Yes. <laughs> like yes. his mouth is constantly open agape with shock and awe and excitement squealing. and squealing. Okay. Catherine's from Dallas and she is so bad at selfies. She's hired a photographer to follow her. She's the person that I really wanted to punch in the face. <laughs> <laughs> The extensions were definitely um, a, a cause for a pause. Um, I thought she said, um, my, my name's Heather, but people call me Kat. So I was obsessed with that, thinking yeah. that her name was Heather and people called her Kat. And Julie's like, it's Catherine. But we did think she was kind of at least, um, at least giving you a bimbo airhead to match the look. Right. Because the other thing that's annoying is when someone's giving you full bimbo, but now they're suddenly like... People underestimate me because of my looks. And <laughs> oh my I God. hate being underestimated because I'm so hot, but I'm really smart and um, I do stuff. Like, yeah, she didn't do that, which was good. We're just yeah. like, okay, this girl... And at least she, she came in and she was like, I love taking pictures. I'm going to be a model. I think I'm a celebrity. I wear ripped jeans up to my butt. Crack. Yeah. Everything I wear is a Band-Aid and ripped Band-Aid over my appendages. And, oh, my God, this guy's hot. That guy's hot. This guy's hot. That guy's hot. 
Yeah. We love we also we love a decrepit and molding extension through a season. Like what's gonna happen to that hairdo? Yep. How is that gonna maintain There's for the next be three months? Of hair all around the big brother house. And she's like, where are my hair extensions? <laughs> all right, Ovi, Ovi, I think it's the way you say it. Ovi's a recent grad. He got his diploma last month from the University of Tennessee. He was student body president and he said he's really excited for other people to see him on television and to think I can do that one day too and by that he means appearing on a television show that people will forget about in like a couple months yeah right he also said he was a big man on campus and okay he said I'm a big some people call me the big man on campus and we were like er record scratch rewind (laughs) wait what said like this they call me a big man on campus like (laughs) I can't not with all due, you know, listen, we all have our whatever, but like the, the, the lisping was, uh, we think he might be a, a, he might be the, one of the first to go. Yeah. And the producers due to like, you know, inclusion and equality will try and keep him on right. because that's just not right to just immediately boot him off, but they won't realize that he's going to get kicked off because he's clueless. Kemi is from Brooklyn. She's a brand She's a brand strategist, first of all. I highly doubt that. And she's a reformed mean girl. Uh, I didn't like her either. I definitely thought she called herself a brand strategist and then had to be like, but I just push paper, meaning I hope no one from my work sees this because they're going to go on Twitter and put me on blast that I'm an intern, you know? And then had to be like, people just don't get my brand of humor. (laughs) It's like, what humor were you bringing? (laughs) What was the joke? Holly is a sommelier and a safari guide from whole, from Wyoming. Okay, this bothered me. I do not believe that Captain Veneers slash Venereal is a sommelier. Do you know how hard that is? She's a perfect example of people underestimate yeah. me because I have my jeans painted on. Yeah. I can ride horses yeah. and I'm a sommelier. And it's like, no, no, no. I mean, people... Have you heard, just watched the documentary Sommelier? I wasn't even smart enough to finish the documentary. Right. I mean, you know, she's going to, I can't wait to hear the word. My palate right. is like amazing. And cause you know, that's going to come up and she's going to constantly keep saying that she's a sommelier and that she rides horses. Um, and rides zebras at one point that came out because she does like exotic animals and whatever. And it's like, and also how do you match us being a sommelier with Riding zebras. Why would those things even go yeah, together? Yeah, because she serves champagne at her stupid wildlife reserve. Right. I just wasn't buying it. I felt, you know, I just think, I think there's some lies. I think there's some yeah. lies there. I don't know why. Jack thinks he looks like Jason Momoa, Momoa from Aquaman. I think he is absolutely hideous. What do you guys think? Well, number one, anyone who, I don't care if you're an exact replica, which I mean, certainly from probably just a headshot from the back. Cause let's be clear. He's not six, nine or whatever Jason Momoa is who walks around and is like, that'd be like Julie going and being like, what would Rachel Maddow do here? It's like, <laughs> please don't talk about the person you look like in the house. And now you're calling yourself Aquaman. Like nothing got us drier than him pretending to be Jason Momoa. If he just acted like, wait, what, who's that? Then maybe we could have been like, okay. Or even, yeah, people tell me, but obviously I have a way bigger nose and I'm way tinier and I can't lift three pounds and I've got my (laughs) underweight lab here that I guess I starve. Maybe do that. All right. Christy's from Staten Island. She owns her own clothing boutique and she's been manifesting winning Big Brother since she was 16. She was in a relationship with Tommy's aunt for seven years and they have to pretend they don't know each other. What do you think about her just in general? Now, I think she's probably bi, and I think she'll probably hook up with a dude, in which case old uh, Tommy will be horrified and be like, but my Aunt Sylvia is going to be really pissed or whatever. <laughs> but but I, yeah, you're right. you're I right. liked her a lot. Right. I love that she's giving you, uh, what is Teresa, what is, you know, the pretty blonde sister? Dina on- Manso. Dina Manso. Dina. Uh, like, mm-hmm. I get obsessed with these. New York, New Jersey, California blondes. <laughs> I thought she was the most authentic. And also, yeah, we want some super fans on there. It yeah. makes it more interesting. Yeah. You want them to run the show. And yeah. and she did clearly manifest a very thirsty dream for herself. Yeah. 
I yeah. like it. Sam Smith is a truck driver from uh, Pennsylvania. He's got two kids, and he's thinking that this is going to be a fun summer. Is he out of his mind? Um, he not only is he out of his mind. He needs to go. He needs to be. He needs to go. Isabella is an intern at UCLA studying public health. Uh, what does that mean? She just is like a student. I don't know what the hell. That we means. didn't get that. Didn't get is she that. even a student at this yeah. point, or is she just lurking around there for free? I loved her. She was my favorite. I'm living right now for an Asian moment of a controlling mom yeah. and yeah. her constant, like she was the funniest. She was the funniest. So she was just constantly like, well, here I am in the house. I'm sure my mom will be disappointed. <laughs> well, everything is about the disappointment yeah. of her mother. It's just like, I love thinking about the Julie chain, you know, Ch- like what is her last name? Chen Chen side of the casting. Like, because you know, Julie's mom is also controlling. Yeah. It's just a thing. It's a well, trope. Chinese it's like, moms, like Jewish yeah, moms. Right. There, she's giving you your Jewish mom, Italian mom, Chinese mom, Asian mom, that mom yeah. we all relate to who's controlling and disappointed in you no matter what you do. She's so, I think she's super pretty. I just, she was my favorite. Was she yours? Yeah. Okay. Nick's a child mental health therapist from New Jersey. Really bizarre casting too. Yeah. Between him and the truck driver, I honestly thought that was super bizarre casting. Yeah. Now they're trying to find a Derek. This is all Frankie Grande. Yeah. They're trying to find a Derek who won Frankie Grande season. They say he's like one of the best players ever. Right. They're trying to get away from finding a an a, a obvious villain. Yeah. Um, because that's tragic too. But we don't need the floating tool. No. Right. Jessica's a plus size model from Chicago. I mm-hmm don't want to hear about people's I don't want to hear about a modeling career. I feel like ever every single girl last season or last summer was a, a fitness model and it was beyond. And yeah. when we watched the feeds, it was girls in sports bras cooking yeah. like rice. And it was like, okay, but this girl was enjoyable to watch her super extra large giant boobs. <laughs> they got covered in slime yeah. and we were like, wow, that is a sight. She's pretty. I do like to look at like eye candy and there's not really any guy eye candy and there's a lot of pretty girls. I think she's pretty. Lord knows we don't want to hear about a modeling career. We 100% will. we will. We will hear about it every second and we will hear words such as, well, as a plus size model. <laughs> right. And, right. you know, people think that because I'm a plus size model, I don't work out, but I do. I just eat too much or whatever. <laughs> like, and also, can I say being raised and born and raised in Southern California, I also don't need like a, like a Spanish lesson or assuming that we're all just like, wait, what Latin? What's (laughs) that? I also don't get down on a salsa lesson. Right. There's nothing going to be, she, I definitely do feel like she has like a lot to teach everyone. Like I have a lot to teach everyone just about like Latin culture, being Puerto Rican, rolling R's plus size models, being a larger woman dancing, huge boobs. I mean, all of it. I just have something to teach everyone. Cliff's the token old guy in the house. Oh, actually he can go. Wow. He's yeah. got to go. He's got to go. He's got to go. I agree. And just boring tropes. Yeah. All of it. yeah. The whole thing. Like these young people, they're not, do- it's like, shut, just shut up. Just get out of here. Now, Annalise, she likes to be called sis. That makes no sense. Uh, there was an opening scene where she was in her parents' Simi Valley pool. I can't tell you much more about her. Super pretty. That's my candy right there. One thing they showed was her playing soccer, which I told Julie, let's see her hook up with a les in the house. Like either the les, I'm feeling she might be an undercover les because anytime anyone plays soccer and is in possibly a family that um, is controlling or I don't know. I don't know that she is like super competitive. People don't understand it. Cause of how I look, here's a perfect example. People underestimate because how I look, they don't think I'm super competitive, but I play D one soccer. Okay. And finally, David is a fitness photographer from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, forgettable. I don't even. Oh know. yeah. He is forgettable. Agreed. I wasn't really even feeling anything about fitness him. Fitness photographer also unemployed. Except, right. And also that was, Oh, cause he had been fat and then he lost 30 pounds and, now his fitness is his life. What do you think about that bromance between Jack and Jackson? And does it bother you that they basically have the same name? Yeah. Well, obviously it's going to turn. It's going to turn quick. And the producers set that they, up. Yeah. It's exhausting the way Big Brother producers yeah. like set everything up. Yeah. They pretend here's a twist. And it's like, why? So you can control the game. Right. 
I knew the second I saw him that he was going to be my bro and he was going to have my back. <laughs> and we knew that we'd be able to go pump iron. We'd be able to hang out like bros. And okay. No. Yeah. Not, no. We weren't buying it. No. And yeah, Jack and Jack. Okay. So they're going to be electing a camp director. The person will have unprecedented powers and be safe for the first week, but will, but will also impact the first HOH. They each get one vote and can't vote for themselves. Every season of the show, I'm like, I don't understand the rules. I don't understand Ever. them day one. I don't understand them the, the day it goes off the air. Just convoluted all over the place. They change every year. At least we were glad the camping theme gave the house a better look than just TJ Maxx <laughs> barked and exploded. Yeah. And we got to look at cheap blankets. Everyone's always covered up in cheap blankets. So the, the camping theme was cute. We don't get it. We feel like it's a gateway to bringing on the, the four that they're going to bring on yeah. next week or today or yeah. tomorrow. We don't ever know when the show comes on. We yeah. just, we look every night and we're like, is it on tonight? We record it and hope for the best. <laughs> okay. So based on all the episodes of the season that you have watched, who is going to win the show? Make your prediction right now. I know we kind of tried last night. Um, and I got really close with old, um, the Cuban, you know, tiny, tiny guy. He got third. So that was close. Um, this is hard. I'm feeling like, um, I'm feeling Christy will win. Okay. You're, you're, you're girl. I would be happy with that. But I think that, um, Holly, the sommelier and safari guide might be, might be kept around a while. Oh, Holly. Yeah. She's definitely, she's definitely a strategist like Christy. All right, so tell everybody where they can track you down. Okay, well, we have a podcast. It's called Dumb Gay Politics. It's free, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It's politics for people who don't follow politics. We talk about politics like we're talking about reality TV. We like to say, if you know who NeNe Leakes is, but not Nancy Pelosi, this is the podcast for you. It's just, you know, us talking about, like, shitting our pants. Yeah. Stuff like that, you know, fun stuff. <laughs> and then, Julie, are are you on tour? What What are your upcoming dates? Nope. Good. No Take a break. We're, no, taking a break. We're doing live podcasts and just like, you know, um, we're doing BB for the summer and doing the podcast for the summer. And Julie's getting her hour together to really take it gangbusters. Good. You guys didn't break. We do. Yeah. We do. Yeah. And we need some money. I want to thank my great guests this week, Sam Donnelly, Jason Raff, Brandy and Julie. Please go to iTunes and subscribe to the show and leave a five-star review. Join the Facebook group to talk about this episode and all my other episodes. Go to the search button on Facebook and put in Reality Life with Kate Casey. You can follow me on Twitter at at Kate Casey. My Instagram is at Kate Casey C-A. Follow me, tag me, let me know who you are on Instagram so I can follow you also. And as always, have a great week. One, two, three. Four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.